0: This is A's Cast Live, your comprehensive look at the Oakland Athletics.
1: Ride to deep center field. Going back, Hernandez at the track, right to the wall. Don Elvis Andrews.
0: And 29 other MLB clubs. High drive, deep left field.
2: Left Guerrero lifts one to left field and
3: Welcome, everybody, to A's Cast Live, and we're giving it to you today in multiple versions. You have the version that is what you get on athletics.com slash A's Cast, and if you go to our A's Cast Twitter account, you can see that, are we on live as we speak?
4: Uh, let me double check. Let's see. It says we're live as of 12 minutes ago, or 12 seconds ago.
3: 12 seconds. So you can see the new studio, the new A's Cast Live studio. Uh, if you've been watching NBC Sports California, uh, you see me doing the hits from on pre and post, and they are all done from this studio. Uh, starting next week, we'll be done from the stadium, as we're going to be doing it from the press box. But uh, this is the new digs. This is the new studio that we've uh, the new Ace studio that we're going to have throughout the season when the A's are on the road and then, of course, uh, in the off season when everything will be done from this studio that I have built in my house. I just want to, you know, there's a lot going on. I just want to start by saying, you know what, A's fans? It is 100% okay to be giddy, to be happy, and to be enjoying what's happening right now with the Oakland Athletics. I officially give you permission to have fun with your families, your friends, to the naysayers who say, ah, it's going to end, or ah, this isn't real, or whatever. Enjoy every minute of it. You have every right. I said this last night on the post-game show, and it's happening as we speak even today. People who are texting me Dog in the A's, hating on the A's, are now taxing me for opening day tickets. Everybody wants to be a part of opening day now, which is great. Which is great. Let's pack the house. Let's get as many people in there as we can. This team has come out of nowhere. They've come out of nowhere. And they're fun to watch. Let's face it. They're fun to watch. It gives you a reason every single day to get up and say, all right, I got to work, I got to do this. But A's talk, we're going to listen to that, then we're going to listen to the pregame show, and then let's get ready for the game. And then, of course, call it 888 Got it for forgot what the number is. I always have it in my book. Wait a minute, everybody, wait a minute.
4: Oh, I actually have it right here for uh do I have it on here? No, I thought I had it. Never mind. 833
3: 625 2278 is the number for the postgame show. The Bible, by the way, in full effect on the season. But yeah, I'm uh I'm really excited. I don't know how I don't know how you're not after that six or three victory yesterday. A's have scored forty two runs on the year. Who are these guys? The A's have won four or five. Who are these guys? This was a team no one gave a shot to. I don't know what it's gonna be like. We don't know. We we have no clue what this is gonna be like in a month, two months. Who knows? That's why you write it now, enjoy every minute of it right now. Funny thing happened to me yesterday is Aaron the San Jose State College student, buddy of mine, who was uh, saw him yesterday, and he was like, well, you know, Tampa's missing people. I went, Tampa's missing people? What? Oh, oh, Tampa's missing people? Do we got to go down the laundry list of, of the guys that were missing off the roster from last year, and you're worried about a couple guys in Tampa? Do we need to go down the line, position by position, of the guys the A's are missing and this new group that's stepping in? Come on, man. That's why I enjoy this. And who knows? That's why you play the games. I'm not going to put my my my, my retirement plan on this team to win a division or go to the playoffs. You don't have to. You can sit back and enjoy what we have now. This is what we got going on the show today. At 1.30, we're going to have Dan Shulman, longtime voice, ESPN, Toronto Blue Jays. But, Daniel, as soon as he talks, you know the voice. You know him from baseball. He does all the college basketball on ESPN, a legendary voice in our game. Will be joining us from Toronto? That's going to be at 1.30. And then the skipper, Mark Kotze. How about Mark Kotze? He said it to us in the dugout at ho Cam. He said, this team's going to be better than you think. This team's going to play hard. Going to play hard every single game. And what have they done so far? They've played hard every single game. Tampa is a favorite. I don't have the list in front of me, but their top five team to win the win the World Series, right, in the odds, put out by Caesars?
4: Yeah, they, they- – they have a, still have a good squad. The A's took three four, Tampa's, but Tampa's going to be there. But, but they yeah, were, they were they were favored to be one of the favorites to win the World Series.
3: Dodgers were one, but Tampa was top five. Where was Toronto?
4: Toronto was probably top three. They had to be because, you know, you I know how say, it works. Everyone loves the Yankees. No, nah, the, they were both higher than the Yankees. So. Big win last night for the Yankees against the Jays. But, yeah, I th- I, I'd i have to pull up the that list I wanna again. Say,
3: but I want to say Tampa and um, – and Toronto were both had better odds than the Yankees to win the World Series. So they're both top eight, just to just to save ourselves. They're both top eight. Um, and now you got got, you know, a long, you know, for the A's, I don't think anything's long. For the A's, I think right now everything's gravy. I think you got guys who are in the big leagues for the first time. They're flying on the planes. They're flying. They're they're staying in the top hotels. You know th- these guys are used to ride buses, man. <laughs> I mean, for them, they're not tired. I mean, they can't wait to get to the ballpark. Are you kidding me? Now the the Blue Jay team, they just had an emotional series against the New York Yankees, right? So I could see a situation where that you know I'm not gonna say they're 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 gonna be down a little bit, but. I won't hate it. And I'm excited about it. I mean, how are you not excited? Going to see Matt Chapman, our old friend Matt Chapman. How's Chappie doing? Kind of looks like the Chappie that left us. Uh, By the way, last night, Matt Chapman, if you didn't get to see the highlights, uh, Matt Chapman on first base, a weak line drive to second base, and did not freeze, kept going, so now he's more than half. I mean, I want, I'd want. i have to go back and look at the highlight. He looked like he was more than halfway, but that weak of a ball, you shouldn't even have been halfway. You freeze immediately. Uh, Lemayhew catches it, throws it to first base to Rizzo, ball game over. Bad running mistake for Matt Chapman last night in that game where the Rays got bases loaded. Matt Chapman has started hitting a buck 90 one home run, four RBIs in seven games. Get the strikeouts.
4: I'll pull that up. That's why I was wondering if they, if you had that or not.
3: Buck 90.
4: Not a good start for Matt Chapman. Chap- he- uh nine strikeouts in 21 at bats.
3: Nine strikeout, batting 190. And you know what you know what they'll do. Right? I'll I'll give you the script. The script's going to be everything's okay, new team, new scenario, getting used to it, trying too hard, and that may be the case, but also we've watched this. You know, every excuse was made. It's the hip. It's the surgery. And then you go, well, is he healthy? Oh, yeah, he's 100%. I don't know what you guys are talking about with the hip anymore. Oh, but that's an injury that, you know, I just asked Mark Hanna, I just asked Shamanai. That thing's going to take a year. Well, okay. So we'll see. But we get to see Matt Chapman. No different than seeing Donaldson. No different than seeing Marcus Simeon with the Blue Jays. It's funny, you know, Moneyball, and I've actually had people call the postgame show. It's like, oh, we give everybody the Yankees and the Red Sox. Now everybody seems to go to the Blue Jays. Used to be Yankees, Red Sox, (laughs) back in the Moneyball days in the early 2000s. Now it's everybody goes to the Blue Jays. Who would have predicted that? Not many. And the guy, I mean, you just, right now, I I don't have a pen on me. If I had a pen on me, I'd circle it right now. There's one guy when I do my lineup today. When I fill up my lineup card, get ready for today's game, one guy, I'm putting a circle around his name. I don't get Biggio hasn't hit it all. Cavan, not his dad, the Hall of Famer. Or Bichette, not his dad, shortstop. Neither guy are hitting. The, the the guy that you gotta watch and put the circuit like like Scott Emerson. I uh, I bet Scott Emerson and Dalton Jeffries had nightmares last night of this guy. He may be the best offensive player until Trout gets back to being Trout. Otani's impressive. But I don't know if there's anybody in our game right now that's a more feared guy than Vladimir Guerrero Jr. Like all the guys have gotten big contracts. I don't care about the money. This kid's just God-given ability to hit a baseball, to hit it hard, and to hit it far. But he's not just a grip-it-and-rip-it guy. He's got a lot of daddy in him. And he can kind of hit all over the strike zone, hit the ball all over the yard. And if you watch a lot of MLB Network like I do, Omar Manaya the longtime executive for the Expos, for the Mets, obviously was with Vladimir Guerrero in Montreal. So he is known, and I will ask Dan Shulman about this, he's known Vladdy Jr. since he was a little kid. And they had these... They had these highlights yesterday on MLB Network of Omar Minaya working out Vladdy Jr. as a Padre. And he's got this Padre's uniform on. I I didn't realize you could work guys out, but I guess it would have been probably at the Dominican facility. Do not quote me on any of this. They were just showing highlights, I'm guessing. But there was pictures with Vladdy Sr., Vladdy Jr., Omar Minaya. It, when did... Omar and I worked for the Padres. I think he was under Sandy Alderson, right?
4: That'd be about what in the late nineties. Uh, now he's what? He went to the was it Mod, Padres then Mets? Is what he, he, he
3: went? Montreal. I don't even know if he was a part of Montreal moving. I think he was gone before then. But at some point, he was with the Padres, and Vladdy had to be like fifteen at the time.
4: Uh, Mets mid mid nineties, and then he went to the Expos in two thousand two, and then he went back to the Mets. Um, I'm not saying anything about the Padres. There's anything. a
3: stint in there with the Padres. Uh,
4: Padres. Two th- on December 2nd, 2011, Omar Minaya was hired by the San Diego Padres as Senior Vice President of Baseball Operations.
3: Makes sense. 2011, Vladimir Guerrero at that point is a teenager.
4: Yeah, because he's, what, 23? 20, 23, so you figure that's, that yeah. would have been 11 years ago. Yeah. So wow. they're
3: showing him taking hacks at 15, and he looks like a grown man. I mean, it was like. He's taking half. He basically is a mini-me version of his father at 15. He's just heavier than his dad. But, I mean, he's hitting balls at 15, and Omar Minaya was talking about it on MLB Network going, uh, this guy's down <laughs> is off the charts. Uh, got to get him signed up. And for the Toronto Blue Jays, you've got this This guy. I mean, he's he, – he, Omar Mania, by the way, I'm trying to get to my point. Omar Mania said yesterday on MLB Network he's better than his dad. His dad's one of the best players we've ever seen. He's a Hall of Famer.
4: It's high praise. I mean, he's only 373 home runs behind his dad now, if you want to talk about career home runs. Although I did break this down. Vladdy Jr. hit 48 home runs last year. The most his dad ever hit was 44. Vlad, I mean. He's he's 23. He's 23. He's, He's an exceptional player with unreal power. He doesn't look that bad at first base. that's saw all make a nice stretch the other game against the Yankees. Defense is coming along. He Obviously, he wasn't going to be a third baseman long term. We all knew that. But seeing He him still at, looks heavy, by the way. I mean, what, he slimmed what, down last year, but, yeah, he's still big.
3: Watching him, watching. That would be the only, if I'm worried about anything, and, you know, I really like talking about somebody's weight, but at 23 years old, you've already have – Diagnosed yourself as I gotta I gotta work on, on my on my weight. He was uh, you know, watching him last night in that Yankee game, he looks thick, but there,
4: there's one thing about him too that's never been that he's done that's never happened to Garrett Cole. He's the first player to ever get three extra base hits in a game versus Garrett Cole. He the two home runs in the double in the game where Garrett Cole got lit up.
3: Remind me to tell you about Yankees radio yesterday.
4: Oh, okay. I, I I love this discussion.
3: Wow. Um
4: This is rain delay
3: theater, right? So, this is after I got done. Well, I want to get to the... Vladimir Junior Guerrero, four for eight with runners in scoring position in the series against the Yankees. The rest of the team, just four for 45. So, they come in not hot as a team compared to the A's. I mean, this... I saw this on MLB Network last night. I immediately got off my couch, took a picture, and was like, this is awesome. The tail of the tape from the series against Tampa. The A's scored 31 runs while the Rays scored 16. The A's hit 342 with runners in scoring position. While Tampa hit 238. Um... Remember people said batting average doesn't matter? Remember these guys that want to tell you that batting average doesn't matter? Um, I don't know. I think batting average and batting average with runners in scoring position helps produce runs, and I know I'm not a math major, but if you score more runs than the other team, what happens? You win the game. Oh, that's interesting. So the A scored 31 runs, and their batting average – With runners on was 342. Just that flawed metric called batting average. While the Rays scored 16 and there was only 238.
4: Well, we know that they're they're, they're a swing and miss team, the Rays are. The
3: A's led 26 innings of the series while the Rays led six. And probably the story... One of the main stories, I think runs scored, the 42 runs scored so far this year is the number one story. But I think if we're doing if we're doing top um, we're doing top stories, I think no question the run scored is going to be number one for the athletics. But the bullpen, the bullpen's ERA in the four games was two point five five. While the bullpen for the Rays was five point zero six. The vaunted Rays, who I'm pointing to this guy again, always tells me how great the Rays are and their bullpen. And well, Ace was two fifty five. While the Rays was five point zero
4: six. A's also hit six home runs in that series, and but
2: there were home runs. No, I know, but th- they the
4: story. And they they also there was also guys on base, something that we didn't see. I think the Ace had. 138 solo home runs last year. 23 of Matt Chapman's 27 home runs last year were solo home runs. So the C guys on base, the A's already have a grand slam. They only had two of last year. I think if I broke a down I've been tracking the home run numbers. Uh, the grand slam. The well, well, hey, grand slams are great. Hey, that stat, that stat, uh, that counts towards Sheldon Noisy stats towards the end of the year if he wants to get paid. They also have five three-run homers already, which is impressive. So, and they won their first four-game series at the Trop since 2002. This shouldn't shock you though. Do
3: you know that the A's best record against any American League team going is the Rays.
4: That doesn't surprise me.
3: They've dominated the Rays.
4: But winning, but that's their first four-game series win at the Trop though. Wow, well, I mean, winning a four-game series
3: against anybody anywhere. Yeah. I mean, that's that's that that, that But, but is... those but
4: we're talking about that's when they were the Devil Rays and they weren't very good. But they go twenty years without winning a series there, and the win it with the. Oh, you team said that four game series. Yeah, four game series. Yes, four a four game, game series. series. But to win it with the you know team that's supposed to be rebuilding and retooling is really impressive. Seven oh, that's games, huge.
3: In. I mean, the bullpen over the series had two point five five ERA. I mean, that was huge. Uh, and you know, going into this series, you can come away with a series victory against the Blue Jays. It doesn't matter what I think. Doesn't matter what Cody thinks. Doesn't matter what the national media. That doesn't matter. All all that matters is what the guys in uniform think, what they believe, and when you start believing, man, that's a powerful thing. I mean, right now, why do they? What 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 do they care? What? And I don't want to throw in our any of our buddies under you know, but a Buster only or a Bob Nightingale or a Ken Rosenthal or anybody on the LB network. Why the hell would you care if you're with the Oakland A's what these guys have to say? Why would you care? Come on, man. You're eating the finest spreads. You're on a chartered jet. In Toronto, they're probably staying at a Ritz-Carlton or a Four Seasons. At t- I've been to the hotel in St. Petersburg. It's gorgeous. It's an old-school hotel. Supposedly it's haunted. It's awesome, though. Uh, right there on the water. You go from riding in buses, staying in God knows where, in the middle of, ah, to riding on charter jets? You don't think these guys are pumped up about what's going on? Why do they? You think they care what Ken Rosenthal thinks? You think if I'm an ace player, I care what anybody thinks? Hell, half of them have no clue who I am. They just met me at spring training. They have no idea. Why would they care what I think? They're in the big leagues. They're in the show. Keep it rolling. And if you can keep getting, and one thing that we haven't talked about that has played, you know, especially in the last two games, and Adam Aller, first start, we'll see, but, Back-to-back games where you got your starter going in the seventh inning, and Frankie Montas and Cole Irvin. Wasn't Cole Irvin like the perfect guy for getaway day? Pump strikes, work fast. Fourth game of a series. Keep your defense. Keep everybody in it. Um, I don't know what the future. I don't have a Chris do we Maybe we. You know what? Maybe that's what we need to get for this studio. A crystal ball. A crystal ball. An A's crystal ball. I, I would say Amazon pretty much has everything. <laughs> I would say Amazon does not have an A's crystal ball. But if any of our fans, one of the things that we're going to do, because this studio that I've built is pretty large, and the walls that are to my right, if you're looking to my right, we're going to do a whole thing with fans and allow you to send us stuff, and we're going to have a fan wall and let you be interactive with this show, especially now that we've – you know, this is our super soft launch here that you're getting on, on Twitter. How's it looking?
4: I think it looks good. The stream's been holding – I mean, I think it's great. We have people watching. Did you watching. tell people we were on? I mean, it's out on Twitter. I mean, I don't – I really don't know who to who to text about it. I mean, That's all right. Our, our P1s or diehards are already watching and listening, so – I'm sure they're watching. I looked up some crystal balls on Amazon. You so he,
3: here's what we do. We get a
4: crystal ball. $55 on Amazon.
3: And then we put an A's sticker on it. We was, could call it our A's crystal ball.
4: That was my suggestion to do that. That's probably going to save money. Uh, so
3: I don't have the crystal ball on Frankie Montas. I don't have it. Because get, I'm get i getting callers right now on the post game show going, hey, Townie, what happens if they win? And I have to, you know, I got a reserve judgment, and I'm happy. I'm ecstatic. I mean, today, you kidding me? But, okay, I mean, are they not going to trade Frankie Montas? You know, because I got callers saying, well, they added the trading deadline. I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. Um, but who knows? We had a marketing meeting today, and guess what got brought up in the marketing meeting today? 2012. I remember 2012. I went with the team to Tokyo. Tokyo. And I'm sitting there at the Tokyo Dome, and I'm like, this team is awful. And that team was. Now they started making moves and got hot in in June, but teams can stink. I mean, the Washington Nationals who recently won the World Series stunk in the first half. The Atlanta Braves who won the World Series last year weren't very good in the first half. That was all Mets. If you go back to last season, I don't have the numbers in front of me. I'm supposed to have this guy to my right who has this information. But if you went the first half, and don't, not the all-star break, we'll just count the real first half, right? First 81 games. I would say the Mets led the majority of the time.
4: That's correct. The Braves went over 500 till August. And then there was a
3: point where the Phillies
4: were in there. Yeah, they, they collapsed like normal. But
3: they were there was like a flip-flop going on between Phillies and Mets, and then Braves, and then the rest is history.
4: Yeah, the Braves weren't over 500 until till August, and then they took off So without their best player.
3: A good start right now is, is what it's all about. And start racking up victories. I mean, if you win – I mean, think about that. The A's win this series because we're not on over the weekend. I'll be doing A's Total Access and the A's Clubhouse show over the weekend. Um, but – We won't be back till we're on the field for opening day against the Orioles. My God, they take this series? The excitement that's going to be around this team? Like, even my giant friends are like, huh, wow, you guys took three or four from Tampa? You're four and three on the year? That's it. People expected one and nine, oh and ten road trip. Maybe you get the game's Frankie pitches. I mean, that's what the expectations were. And now the expectations are totally different. Opening day read, please.
4: Baseball's back, and the start of the 2022 regular season is just around the corner. Join us at the Oakland Coliseum for opening night when the Green and Gold take on the Baltimore Orioles Monday, April 18th. Fans also get a Let's Go Oakland rally tile presented by Kaiser Permanente on opening night. Get your tickets for Monday, April 18th, starting at just $15. Buy today at athletics.com. That's athletics.com.
3: A lot of people are getting excited. And today, obviously, is one of the special days in baseball, too, as kind of one of the... I'm not sure how much this played into getting the deal done, but you did not want to skip Jackie Robinson Day on the 75th anniversary of him breaking the color barrier. Like, there's bad looks, and then there's... Really bad looks, and that would have been a really, really bad look. I think for a lot of people, a lot of you younger folk out there, we love you to death, but I don't think you really understand the magnitude of Jackie Robinson. I I, 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 I say this every year. I think we do a really bad job with this, baseball, and the United States of America. One, because we now have made it just all about one guy and there were a lot of players who did exactly what Jackie did too. And I guarantee you, if Jackie Robinson was still alive, he would want those guys to also be the faces of this. If I was to ask you, Cody, who was the second player to integrate in Major League Baseball in the American League just months after Jackie?
4: I mean, I know the answer, but a lot of people wouldn't.
3: They don't. A lot of these players that are sitting there, I've seen videos today, and they talk about Jackie Robinson. If you asked them, who's Larry Doby, they'd have no idea. And this guy's Larry Doby's career as a player, as a manager, as somebody who was inducted into the Baseball Hall of Fame, seven-time All-Star, World Series champion, a two-time American League home run leader. He's in the, they have it, the Guardians Hall of Fame now. it's uh, he's, he's a Cleveland Indian. Uh, his number is retired. I mean, you look at his life, Larry Doby, was the second, I'm just going to read right off his Wikipedia page, was the second black player to break baseball's color barrier and the first player in the American League from South Carolina. Da, 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 1947 three months after Jackie Robinson made history so he's just three months not like three years not like a year. he's three months after Jackie Robinson. So everything Jackie went through and made the you know we've celebrated it obviously but Larry Doby Larry Doby did the same thing in the American League so all the horrible things, that Jackie went through and survived and overcame and helped change our country and I do say country not baseball our country Larry Doby did the same thing and we I guarantee if I walked into all these clubhouses today and said who is the second guy that came three three months later
4: no clue there's an, there's one other one too I I knew the answer but it was actually a question on Jeopardy a few weeks ago and final Jeopardy who was the first African-American pitcher to pitch in the World Series? Well, I know. Yeah, but a lot of people would know. It's the answer Satchel Paige in 19
3: I wouldn't have known 47 I... or
4: 48. It was with Cleveland.
3: I wouldn't have known that unless you told me. Yeah, but, yeah. but
4: that's who it was. Like I, I kind of I figured that's when Satchel was really at the height of his power, though he was a little older then. <laughs> Cuz remember he pitched when he was like in his late 50s in the major leagues at one point. But he was the first African-American pitcher to pitch in the World Series.
3: Larry Dobie was also the second African-American to be a manager in Major League Baseball. So he he was breaking barriers constantly. Something you need to know about Jackie. Let's get away from baseball. I got a little family history. I always like to bring this up. Jackie Robinson in his very first at-bat, very first time at the plate, grounded out to my grandfather, Bob Elliott. You can look him up, the 1947 Most Valuable Player. And I wish my grandma was alive because she could talk about the story. But, yeah, that was a big to-do, Jackie Robinson playing, and let's face it, there was a lot of players that weren't thrilled that Jackie Robinson was playing. But, yeah, he granted out to my grandfather, and if you see the movie 42, you'll see my grandfather's name in the lineup card and everything. But the number one thing is that Jackie Robinson helped integrate life. Let's not even talk about baseball. Baseball's baseball. Baseball back then that had more meaning in our country. But it helped integrate the military. A lot of people don't know this. Baseball integrated before our, our military did. Jackie helped with that. Schools, kids. The influence of Jackie Robinson. Martin Luther King Jr. said, I couldn't have done what I was able to accomplish Without Jackie Robinson. Think about that. Think about what Martin Luther King meant and still means today in American culture. And he said, if it wasn't for Jackie Robinson, I couldn't have done everything that I was able to do. That is how important Jackie Robinson is. It's not a number. It's not, you know, it's not a statue. They had some type of forty-two thing today in New York. I don't know what that was. I saw some I, highlights of it.
4: I, I have the, uh, uh, I have a clip from Rob Manfred talking about the. We can get to it after you're done, but him talking about the unifying power of Jackie Robinson to help the game and everything else. It was- well, it's
3: it's far. It's see, this is it, it's. I guess I get more historical about it because it, it's far bigger than baseball. It's far bigger than no one wears 42 anymore. It's far bigger than we have one day a year. everybody wears 42. It's far bigger than that. Now I'm glad this is this is the platform though that we can honor him. But in this country what Jackie Robinson did is so far beyond sports. It, it changed it changed the United States of America. And when when the United States of America changes, the world changes. It's true. The influence that our country has on other countries is immense. So we celebrate this man today. And we should celebrate him for far more than just baseball. The man helped create change in our country and in the world. Let's hear from the commissioner of baseball, Rod Manfred. And right after that, we'll get to Dan Schulman of the Toronto Blue Jays
1: use the right word unifying um, I think it's important in the wake of the winter that we had uh, that, that that baseball be unified I think if there's maybe any single thing any thought around our game that's more unifying it's the legacy of Jackie Robinson and you know I said it to um, uh, Sonia one of the Robinson family members and said you know the great thing about it um, you never have to worry about players participating on Jackie Robinson right. and, you know it's that unifying force That I think the game does need right now. You know, one of the the things that's happened in the last couple of years, too, is the freedom of the uniform. You loosened up the restrictions on, hey, you can put color on shoes. You can put, we're going to see a lot of Jackie's pictures,
4: names, all kinds of different things. How important has that been in? Moving
1: the game forward, we have a player day. They pick their own name. How important has that been? Look, I think that fans want to know more about players beyond the greatness and the athleticism that they see on the field. Who are these people? What do they stand for? What do they care about? And I think, um, you know, we've tried to loosen some of our... I
4: don't know what happened there, but that clip went longer than I thought it would. But, but yeah, I mean, Commissioner Manfred spoke with uh, Greg Amzinger and Harold Reynolds for about eight minutes, I think it was, on their show this morning talk about Jackie Robinson and his yeah, impact there on Yeah, the but
3: they were there for a dedication.
4: Yeah. Well, 25, uh, 25 years ago today was the uh, – they re- they retired the jersey, number 42. Um, and it's going to no, be – No, it, but there was – They're a doing de- something at, at City Field. Um, I, forget, I forget what it is. And then Jackie's wife, Rachel, will be at Dodger – I think she's going to be at Dodger Stadium today.
3: Oh, it was Jackie Robinson Way. Was unveiled today for the 75th anniversary, and, okay. they, and they have a 42. So 75 years. Out, da, 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 da. The city of New York on Friday honored his legacy with temporarily renaming 42nd Street and Broadway in Manhattan Jackie Robinson Way.
4: So temporarily. Yeah, and they're doing they're doing a ceremony, or they did do a ceremony because the Mets are playing right now. Uh, Jackie and obviously the Dodgers will do something as well. His his wife Rachel is going to be a hundredth this year. Amazing, it it really is. And you know the hat I have on is the hat we got I think t- last year, two year twenty nineteen of uh, with the Jackie Robinson uh, forty two on it. Um, and I have a hat from baseballism that's number forty two as well. Um, just the the impact that Jackie's had on the game, and you know I I implore people to watch the movie forty two with the late Chad Chadwick Boseman. It's a very good movie.
3: And I like how King Griffey Jr., who is somebody that during his career, Griffey was played with the kid. You know, he was the kid, that enthusiasm and everything, but Griffey never wanted to get involved in anything. Griffey liked being Griffey, and he was very protected in the Pacific Northwest. Um, you know, once he went to Cincinnati, that kind of got out of our realm. But Griffey was never somebody that was really a, was ever going to be a part of a movement. I mean, he his movement was wearing his hat backwards and we're going to have fun and be different. Yeah, okay, great. Uh, now, as an older statesman now, as a baseball Hall of Famer, he wants to be a part of this and to have truly one of the great players of his time. I mean, Griff's as good as anybody, right? To have somebody like Ken Griffey Jr. now kind of we're going to we need somebody to carry this on on a consistent basis. That's going to do a lot of interviews and it's going to show up and going to talk. And Ken Griffey Jr. is the perfect guy. I mean, so recognizable. He is, like I said, truly one of the great players of his time. And, you know, this is something Ken wouldn't have done as a player. But the fact that he's doing it now, I think, is really cool.
4: And uh, Commissioner Manfred also spoke on this. Uh, I could play it. He talked about how it was Bud Sealing and Ken Griffey Jr. who wanted to uh, retire the number forty, number 42.
1: Well, you know, it's important to talk about the originator and the one who really drove the idea. The originator was Ken Griffey, really. Bud got the idea from Ken. Um, He was interested in wearing number 42. Um, Good for him. I mean, just a great thought. But um, Bud knew a good idea when he saw one, and uh, he really drove the idea forward. It was such a unique thing in baseball the idea of retiring a number league wide and having all the players ride it. And uh, Bud was a champion of it because he. He really understood the role of Jackie Robinson, not only in baseball but in American history.
3: I'm going
4: to let that one go. (laughs) I saw your.
1: The All-Star
3: Game is going to decide the home fit. Okay,
4: all right. The game ends in a tie.
3: (laughs) Everybody else. You want to look at playoff formats. You want to look at rules. You want to look everybody, NFL, NBA, NHL, they all did stuff, and then baseball would copy it all years later. Interleague play? Interleague play. Remember when interleague play? Like, oh, we're actually we're going to have teams play other teams that never play.
4: This is the 25th anniversary of interleague play starting.
3: Hmm. <laughs> So um last time I checked like the Boston Celtics would play the Lakers every year, right?
4: That's, that was a pretty big rivalry, Magic right, and right. Larry.
3: Or I mean I mean that the Niners, you know, the Niners could play the Miami Dolphins during the regular season. They didn't have a thing called interleague play, expanded playoffs. By the way, when's expanded playoffs ever failed? It hasn't. No, you got to tell me they're not making any money with that NCAA tournament, right? Cuz they need to stay at 32, not 64. Wait a minute, 64? We got all these playing games. It's more than 64.
4: 68. now.
3: They're losing CBS is losing money on that deal, right?
4: Yeah, NBA has a play-in tournament that's concluding tonight. The
3: NBA, by the way, has been influenced by college basketball. They got to play, they got play. It was a playing game the other night was who?
4: It was, I was uh was watching it last night. So it was um it was Nets and Cavs in the East. That I was watching
3: that, uh, New Orleans and the Spurs. Yeah, that, so,
4: that was a 9-10 matchup. So, the 7-8 and eight play, and the winner of that plays the number two seed. So, they're in. And then the loser of the uh, this 7-8 matchup plays the winner of the 9-10 game. So, tonight, it's Pelicans and uh, Clippers, and then it's um, – Okay, that's enough. Yeah. Uh, I'm trying to remember.
3: That shows you baseball was behind all the other sports. All the other sports. Where baseball was first king was – Jackie Robinson, 75 years ago, breaking the color barrier. After that, everybody else jumped in the pool, playoff formats, rule changes, all this kind of stuff, and baseball always just kind of dipped their toe in it. So Bud Seelig knew. When Bud saw a good idea, (laughs) what? (laughs) Uh, All right, I'm not even going to go there. Because, I mean, there was a guy who was the commissioner during the steroid era. I believe he's a Hall of Famer, right? Steroid era. Now, who's the commissioner during what we call the steroid era? Hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All righty, but we will celebrate Jackie Robinson all around Major League Baseball. Have we had any games yet today? Any yeah, the Mets were before?
4: the Mets were playing earlier against. They had a uh,
3: Friday. Was it? Is it? Are, they're open. See, I forget.
4: It's the Mets home opener, I believe. Yeah.
3: See, I forget. Like normally, there's never a day game on Fridays, but we're still at the beginning of the. Um, Start of the season, so we can have some early uh, games. Mets
4: beat, the, beat our, our buddy Tori Lavelle in the D-backs 10-3. Chris Bassett's now 2-0 for the Mets. And then there's another game in process. It's the Twins shellacking the Red Sox 6-1. Byron Buxton got hurt in the game. That's We're, right.
3: Sliding or a sliding catch? Yeah,
4: sl- sliding into second base. Seven games in, he's already hurt. Mm-hmm.
3: That's $100 million right there. All right, earlier today, we were able to catch up with Dan Shulman, who you've heard him for years. He was the voice of Sunday Night Baseball. Uh, he's called all the games on ESPN, whether we're talking baseball, college basketball. He's done a lot. And, of course, he's been a longtime voice of the Toronto Blue Jays. We head north of the border to tie. He's in the Canadian Hall of Fame. The great Dan Shulman right here on ASCast Live. Well, whether we're talking about the playoffs and he's doing ESPN or we're talking about the Toronto Blue Jays, one of our favorites, Dan Shulman joins us, one of the top broadcasters in all of Major League Baseball. We always appreciate the time. How are you north of the border?
2: I'm doing great, Chris. Thank you. How are you doing down there?
3: We're we're, we're doing fantastic. And before we start talking about the athletics and the Blue Jays, which all of a sudden has become an interesting series, just normalcy for you, for your broadcast partners, everybody for the Blue Jays, for the players, the front office, the fact that you're not starting in Florida, the fact that you're not playing in Buffalo, just, just how great is the start this season and it's more normal than ever.
2: It's just fantastic. I mean, uh, again, in the grand scheme of things, there was much worse to deal with, and there is much worse to deal with uh, in the pandemic. But, you know, just in our little baseball corner of the world, you know, the Blue Jays uh, had to go through stuff that nobody else did, and the fan base went through stuff that nobody else did, right? I'm able to see their team for almost two years. So uh, for, the, for the team to know they're in Toronto, for everybody to know it's a 162-game season, it's a good team, an exciting team, it could be a playoff team. Uh, you know, the, the crowds the first weekend were great. They averaged about 40,000 over the first three games. I'm not sure exactly what they'll have for this series against the A's. But uh, from, the, you know, from the players to the fans and everybody in between, everybody's really excited.
3: You know, we're getting our first look at it as we're going to find out which players we have are not vaccinated because they can't enter the country. Uh, obviously, we're going to have to call players up. And, you know, at some point, I think we're going to deal some real, with some real high profile guys. Uh, what do you think that's going to be like for series and the media handling this? Because obviously, this is something no one's ever seen before in Major yeah. League Baseball history.
2: I think the media will handle it differently in the two countries, to be honest with you, and not to, you know, not to get too deep into the weeds here. But I had like 10 writers down in spring training, guys I've known forever, ask me about it. And I said, well, do you know there's a similar law about going into the U.S.? It, it, it exists for non-citizens in the U.S. It exists for everybody in Canada. And all 10 of them said, no, I didn't know that. And I said, like, you got to know that. Uh, you, you, If you're going to, you know, if the law coming into Canada is a story, the law going into the U.S. has to be a story, too. That means if Guerrero or Gurriel or Hernandez or Ryu or Kikuchi or Romano were not vaccinated, they couldn't cross the border and play in the U.S. Plus." It means that the Blue Jays can't even sign or trade for unvaccinated players. So, you know, in Canada, the whole notion of this is a competitive advantage for the Blue Jays, to be honest with you, doesn't fly so well up here uh, because of, you know, what the team went through the last couple of years and the fact that there is a similar law that exists about going into the United States. I'm sure it'll be a big, big story, especially, uh, you know, when the Red Sox and Yankees come, if they have unvaccinated players, if they are important players. I think that's when it really becomes a national story. Like it'll be a story now in, in A's country and maybe a little bit nationally in the US, but I, you know, there, there are certain names that are rumored to be out there about guys who aren't vaccinated. And, and you know, when the Yankees and Red Sox come to town, that's when it may become a bigger story.
3: Now, going into the series, we we expected to talk glowingly about the Blue Jays. We know how good this team has truly become, and the kids have grown up, and it's uh, it's time for the Blue Jays to compete for it all. No one thought the A's, though, would come in with a, a bunch of runs scored, uh, the A's coming in with home runs, the A's coming in at bullpens pitch well, some of the starters. Just how shocked are you? A lot of name changes. And, of course, you got our old guy, Matt Chat- Chapman. But how shocked are you, this A's clubs uh, coming to town after taking three or four from uh, Tampa Bay? Uh,
1: a
2: little. I wouldn't say shocked. I mean, a little bit surprised. But it's a long season, and, and you know, things balance out. And, listen, maybe they're better than people uh, thought they would be. But in a small sample size, any, any baseball team can beat another baseball team. And I watched uh, about two and a half of the four games uh, between the A's. Uh, and the rays and, and they had good at bats and, and uh, they they deserve to be where they are they deserve to be four and three right now so i don't think the blue jays are taking them lightly at all they'll also see some pitchers they're not all that familiar with in certain cases i mean if you're the blue jays and you're you want to be as good as you think you are or you're going to be as good as you think you are you got to do well in this kind of a series you got to take two out of three you know the blue jays are coming in a little bit banged up. They don't have Teoscar Hernandez. They don't have Danny Jansen. They don't have Nate Pearson. They don't have Ryan Barucki. Uh, and they're using a spot starter tonight in Ross Stripling to kind of push Yunch and Ryu back a day. So they haven't had the cleanest first week of the season either. So I, I think this is going to be a very competitive series.
3: Matt Chapman hasn't gotten off to a great start yet, but just how excited were you guys to get him from us?
2: Uh, I think Blue Jays fans were really excited. You know, obviously – the hole in the lineup was Marcus Simeon, right? So they lost uh, another guy you're very familiar <laughs> with. obviously. So <laughs> yeah. they, you know, the blue Jays lost an incredible player, an incredible player. Uh, I mean, he had a phenomenal year last year. Um, so to get Matt Chapman was great, but to ask Matt Chapman to do what Marcus Simeon did last year, offensively anyways, is, is you know, a little bit unrealistic. Um, obviously Chapman, a third baseman, Simeon, a second baseman, Chapman's defense speaks for itself. Um Opening night, maybe it was just a little bit of a case of nerves. He didn't quite look like himself in the field, but he's been really good, and he'll be great. Nobody's worried about that. Offensively, again, nobody's expecting him to be Marcus Simeon. And I don't know that people are even expecting him to be 2018-2019. That would be great, absolutely great. But if he can hit 250, 30 homers, you know, walk a bunch, which he does, and just keep the strikeouts manageable, that's a very good player. Uh, And a player they need. And it also moves Kevin Vigio back to second where he's more comfortable. Santiago Espinal can play anywhere. So he's over at second. He's happy. He's fine. Um, But they needed to get somebody. To be honest with you, I think they tried other guys first because they are a heavy, heavy right-handed lineup. Um, And I think they kicked the tires or did more than that on Corey Seager um on you know there are kyle schwarber rumors we know they were interested in jose ramirez but they couldn't get a deal done with the guardians so um you know matt chapman comes in here everybody's really excited it helps them in some ways it doesn't help them in other ways but i think once he really gets acclimated and he sure seems like he's having fun you know you see the games blue jays are a fun group you know you're and and he seems to have been accepted in instantly so i'm sure he'll settle in relax and have a really nice season
3: Yeah, you think about exciting, like last night, I'm sitting here, I'm ready to go, Yankees, Blue Jays, we had Brian Kinney on from MLB Network to promote the game, Uh, it was going to be a 4 o'clock start out here, and it was a rain delay, and I was bummed, I mean, I'm excited to see the Toronto Blue Jays, I'm thinking if I'm excited... And I and I think back God, talk about another a I, mean, I remember when Josh Donaldson got the most all star votes out of anybody because he had an entire country behind him. You got a yep. country like how excited is Canada just not Toronto, which is one of the great cities in, in our game, but just how excited is the country behind this fun team?
2: Crazy excited. So I I went on a a little vacation. After college basketball season started, I had about one week before I had to go to spring training. So my wife and I went on a little quick getaway, a little quick vacation, because that's about the only time we can do it. And there were a lot of Canadians where we were. We were down in the Bahamas. and There were a lot of Canadians. And, um, you know, they watched the Blue Jays. So people were saying... You know, hey, Dan, when you're going to spring training, they knew who I was, whatever. And they were from Edmonton. They were from Victoria. They were from Nova Scotia. They were from Brandon, Manitoba. They were from all over the country. And it's another thing that I don't know that, you know, people south of the border know uh, the full extent. I mean, you've just made a great case for it. But um, this team is national more than any NHL team because there are seven Canadian hockey teams in the NHL. And yeah, the Leafs have fans out east and out west, but there are a lot of people who hate them too because they like Vancouver, Calgary, Edmonton, whatever. Um, the Raptors do have a very nice following, but it's more concentrated in and around Toronto. They have fans around the country, but not nearly to the extent that the Blue Jays do. And yeah, you know, the reason I know that is I work for the company that televises all the games and I get the emails with the ratings and all that, and I can see it. Like the numbers are monster for this team. When they are good from coast to coast to coast and I can see it in you know Twitter messages. I'm getting whatever however you want to look at it. So um, everybody is really really excited and um, I just hope if there are some ups and downs early in the season. People remember it's a long year. They've got a, a brutally tough schedule. They've got nothing but Yankees Red Sox and Astros coming up for three weeks after this series with Oakland. So you know, they could wander out of that and be 12 and 14. Like, that wouldn't be the craziest thing in the world. But there's a lot of baseball left to be played.
3: And everybody's going to fall back on what the Braves did last year in the regular season. Right. And It's just, hey, get in and anything can happen. And the A's, we're starting on the East. It's like we're an East team. You know, you're in Philly. You're in Tampa. Now you're in <laughs> Toronto. We've been seeing it. And then watching the game last night. I gotta just, the division, you throw in the Red Sox. I, I know everybody needs to, to get theirs and beat up on the Orioles, but – Just how exciting is the East going to be and how much fun? It's going to be your job watching
2: this. Yeah, same as last year, right? I mean, the Yankees and the Rays, I think they won 100. They won it. But the Yankees and Red Sox each won 92 and the Blue Jays won 91. So the Blue Jays missed the playoffs by one game. Um, You know, and it went right down to the final day of the season. The Blue Jays did what they had to do. They swept the Orioles the last week of the season. But then the Red Sox were trailing the Nationals but their game was running a little bit long and about 20 minutes after the Blue Jay game ended, the Red Sox came back, took the lead from the nationals, won the game, and the Blue Jays missed the playoffs. So I don't know if it can top last year. Um, Certainly, you know, from a, from a, uh, an excitement and right down to the wire point of view, hopefully it's a different ending for for the Blue Jays and their fans. But the one, one big nice thing is that there's one extra playoff spot this year. There, as you know, there are six in each league instead of five, that would have been enough to get them in last year. Hopefully they don't need that to get in this year, but it's nice to know there's another spot. But you know what? Seattle's interesting and, and Minnesota, Cleveland are interesting. Like there's some teams in the other divisions that could be in the in the thick of it for a wild card spot and because they play in easier divisions, you know, easier schedules. So um, nothing's going to come easy for any of these teams in the East this year. They're all gonna to have to play well to get there.
3: Well, let's end on this. I saw this yesterday on MLB Network. Omar Minaya, longtime executive, is now going to be a contributor on the network. And obviously, Vladimir Guerrero is someone he's known for a long time from their days in Montreal. So he's known juniors since he was a little kid. And they were talking about the two. And he says, yeah, I think Junior's going to be better than his dad. And last time I checked, his dad's got a plaque in Cooperstown and (laughs) and tormented tormented us for years down in Anaheim. Do you see that Junior could be better than dad? That's pretty amazing.
2: It's pretty amazing to say that. He's only 23. Um, It's possible. He's a different kind of a player. Uh, You know, his dad, when he was down in Montreal, was a terrific right fielder with a cannon of an arm. By the time he got to the Angels, he had slowed down a lot defensively, obviously. You know, Vladdy is an infielder. He's a first baseman. But offensively, the kinds of numbers that that he might put up could very well surpass his dad. And and, and again, he's 23 years old. But in any year other than the Shohei Otani year, he wins the MVP last year. And I think he's better this year, just from watching him in the spring and watching him in the first week of the season. So, you know, let's see how it plays out. That's that's a 15-year question, right? That's going to be a long time before we know the answer to that one. But I'll tell you, I've I've been doing this a while, and uh, they don't come around very often, guys like him. I mean, what he did the other night at Yankee Stadium with the three homers and the double and some of the pitches he hit out, he's not just talented, and he's crazy talented. But he's smart, and he's disciplined, and he works hard, and he's got a lot of things going for him.
3: Always great to have you on the program. It's always an honor. Thank you so much for taking the time before the game, and we'll talk to you soon. And enjoy Jackie Robinson Day. Enjoy this series.
2: You got it. You as well.
3: The great Dan Shulman, who no question will be, um, he'll be one of those guys that will be a Ford C. Frick Award winner when the time comes. I think there's – no question about. It. But I mean we're 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 looking at a series that you definitely have the the, the Blue Jays now got their eyes gotta be wide open. Right? You first might have thought, well, you know, Texas is gonna be better. Then we got that. We got the Yankees at Yankee Stadium, gonna be big. Ah, then we got the A's coming into town. But I also says that well, well, hey. The A's just took three of four from our competition. That's big. They know how good Tampa is. This this just became very interesting out of nowhere. And they're going with Ross Stripling
4: tonight. Spot starter. Former Dodger.
3: Like they're trying to they're trying to give their they're trying to give starters more a day, more days. You come out and get game one. You've won five of six. I'm sorry, but I am gonna be giddy and I am gonna be excited. What did the notes say today? My notes Adam as the plucky A's. Look out for those plucky
4: A's. They win tonight. They're four and one versus the AL East to start the year. Who would have thought that that would have been the? Now, if you're telling me you're four and one playing the Orioles, okay, it makes sense. But this is Tampa Bay and Toronto. You know, two of the favorites in the AL East, and then you have the Yankees and Red Sox coming up. But the Red Sox are struggling pitching wise. But what what and you're seeing the same thing in Toronto. I mean, their pitching is eh, not that great. Not, we, th- we thought it would be on paper with Barrios and Gossman, who pitched pretty well last night and Ryu, but they're pushing him back a day and now. Stripling's pitching, and Alec Manoa is going to pitch Sunday, I believe. So you got a lot of question marks maybe right now with this Toronto rotation. They're going to score runs and they're going to hit home runs. But the A's, if you want to look at home runs, they're second major league or tied for second with like a couple other teams and home runs hit this year. So they're and you know and it's not guys that you you know when you're a casual fan you're not thinking of the guys that are hitting the home runs, it's the new guys that are hitting home runs. Seth Brown's having a great start to the year. He's
3: so, not, he's not a new guy. Well,
4: to our fans that are in Oakland, he's a new guy, but Seth Brown's having a great start to the year. Um, Jed Lowry's playing well. Christian Pache is the most. I think he's the most exciting ace player since I said Tejada to You you said Coco. Ta-
3: what I I I I. No, I was thinking at well, yeah, I, I was seeing more of a comparison. Most exciting player, like like what? Okay, first of all, don't bring up home runs. what's well, so, yeah, that's, what, that's Stop. What, We've hit a ton of home runs. How many
4: World Series have we won?
3: Uh,
4: since nineteen eighty nine, zero.
3: How many playoff series have we have we won? One. In in my in recent had the one against what? Years ago, no, it's one. Minnesota, Chicago, twenty twenty. No, they won one. Oh, also two, yeah. Yeah, so but recently we've won one. Stop telling me about home runs. Look at me. Stop telling me about home runs. Solo home runs don't get you anywhere. Do they? Maybe get you to the po- help you get to the postseason. Yes, you're not winning anything. You know why you beat Tampa? Because you hit with runners in scoring position.
4: Three ninety six on the season, the A's are hitting with runners. Twenty one for fifty three. I'm
3: tired of that.
4: God, it's garbage. What if the Yankees won being a beer league softball team? Nothing. Well, it's because that's because of the Astros. The Astros, if the Astros didn't, I'm tired.
3: I'm serious. I'm tired of it. I'm tired. Stop telling me about how many home runs. Ball goes far. Team goes far. Crap. That's crap. Because you know why? I don't know. Were the Braves the greatest home run hitting team last year? Uh, did they-, they set the record for most home runs in a season?
4: Uh, they did not.
3: Uh, the Twins set the record for the most home runs in a season. Did they win the World Series?
4: Uh, they've lost 18 playoff games
3: in a row. So stop telling me about home runs. I'm going to be like that all year long. Stop. I don't care if you're a player that hits 230 and 30 home runs. I don't want you. I don't care what metric you're going to throw at me. You're not a championship ball player that every once in a while break down. Here's simple math. Okay. You run into four solo shots a month that gives you 24 home runs on a season. So, four times, nobody on, you connect, get the ball in the air. Now you got a home run. And they'll be like, hey, that guy's going to give you 25 to 30 home runs. Is that you really that great of a player? you really that great of a player when you hit 230 and you're good for really four swings a month? And we don't even know if that swing was in a game, the team's winning, losing. I mean, I'm
4: tired of home runs.
3: I'm tired of hearing about, hey, look at this guy. This guy, this guy could hit you 30 home runs. Great. Is it going to be 230,
4: 220? Who, the first week of the season, who's been the most exciting player that everyone's been talking about in the first week? It's been – Guardians rookie Stephen Kwan because he struck out one time so far and he won 115 plus pitches. With pitches I don't without swinging and missing. I don't That's mean incredible. To, I don't
3: mean to come back on you, but you were a batting average as a matter guy.
4: Well, I'm just saying because he's so you're he, being a hypocrite. He's making contact, but I'm saying he's been the story. No one's the home run thing. If he if he keeps hitting like that, you're gonna, hopefully we start seeing more guys like that.
3: I, I you are seeing a lot of people have to. I'm not going to say they're eating crow. But I think you're seeing a lot of people who are maybe, just maybe, having to realize, going all in on just slugging percentage and on base percentage, where's my weighted runs created plus? There's something to be said for playing the game the right way and not looking at it completely as fantasy baseball statistics. Fantasy baseball statistics don't necessarily equate to actually winning games. Is that fair?
4: Yeah. I mean, the home run thing is one of the biggest ones. I mean, until we start seeing
3: the team with the most home runs, they win the World Series every year. It's nice to hit home runs. I'm not going to say you don't like home runs, but when you start making it about, look how many home runs we hit. I, I, I brought up 2012 today. No one hit more home runs than the A's. From June second on, June second on, the A's hit the most home runs in baseball in 2012. Did they win the World Series? Uh, they did not. I would be very curious. In the, I mean, you go modern day history. I mean, you could do all the. I would be very curious. How many teams that led baseball in
4: home runs won the World Series? I'd have to go back and look. I hold up last year, the Braves did have the third most, but the teams that were first, Blue Jays, didn't make the playoffs. And the Giants lost in the first round. And then Twins, Twins didn't make the playoffs. Reds didn't make the playoffs. Yankees didn't make the World Series. Uh, the Rays did make the playoffs, but they didn't make it to the World Series. And Houston was ninth, or they actually tied for, they were ninth, actually. They made it to the World Series. No. Yeah, they made it to the World Series. Sorry. They played the Braves. So, and then here at the bottom, you know, you look at some of these teams that, like, remember when the Royals won the World Series? They didn't have any home runs. No. Their big home run hitter was Eric Hosmer and Mike Moustakis. What have they done since?
3: Uh, you know what they did?
4: They put the ball. They put the ball in play. Yeah. And they had good pitching, but they put the ball in play. That's what they why they were so good. And they stole bases, something we don't ever see.
3: Yeah, I'm just I, I'm I, I I I'm over it. I really am over. It. But what I'm not over. Is Mark Kotze, manager of your Oakland Athletics? Has he gotten out to a good start? Are we ready for Oh,
4: Oh, two thirty for Kotze. Two thirty. We got. We can do your. Uh, you wanted me to remind you. Yankees radio
3: coming up next. I tuned into some Yankees radio yesterday, and it made me smile. I was so happy. We'll talk about it next, right here on A's Cast Live.
0: A's Cast Live continues from the town. Here's Chris Townsend.
4: Reminder that opening day is right around the corner, and you can still get your tickets now. Baseball's back in the start of the 2022 regular season. is just around the corner. Join us at the Oakland Coliseum for the A's opening night when the Green and Gold take on the Baltimore Orioles Monday, April 18th. Fans also get a Let's Go Oakland rally towel presented by Kaiser Permanente on opening night. Get your tickets for Monday, April 18th, starting at just $15. Buy today at athletics.com. That's athletics.com. You know, all the different
3: passcodes that you got to have in life, and then when your computer doesn't remember the passcodes for whatever you cleared something, it's just tired, man.
4: You, we've had a bad week with technology.
3: I just, it's, <laughs> it's really, it, it is super. Is everybody with me? It's just super annoying that. We've got to remember, like, what I mean. You have passwords for everything, right? Then they tell you they don't want you to use the same passwords, and it's like, okay, what did I use? An exclamation point? Did I have? Just, it's just like, oh, uh, you need to apologize to my wife to to my my internet here at uh, at the house.
4: Yeah, I th- I, th- I thought it was the internet that was the uh, no. the issue. It's it-
3: always we. Everybody has a coworker that. They work with that. It's never their fault. It's never their fault. They never not know. They always have all the information. It's always first reaction is to blame versus take responsibility. There's there, Everybody, I don't know how many people have gotten back into their offices, but if you remember back when you were working where you were working, you always work with someone like that, that they'll never look at themselves first. They'll always look outside until completely proven wrong. And then they look inside, but then they'll probably still deflect it anyway. And if you're watching on Twitter right now, I'm pointing on that person.
4: Well, I mean, the Internet, we, we've had issues, but the Internet, the thing on Wednesday with it was.
3: Everything with you, it's always you knew, you know, not me. It's this, it's that. Here's one is a great example.
4: But true, but you blamed everything but you. Well, the computer's not my fault. That's a technology issue.
3: Well, if you would have just realized that it could have been your computer that was the problem, we wouldn't have had we wouldn't have had the issue.
4: But I got it fixed and got us a new computer, and I I, I provided solutions.
3: And you didn't go Mac either.
4: Well, no, the, um, I used a computer that the uh, Dave Kramer, a great IT. IT support gave me. Because
3: it, it was an Apple computer that. No, no, went, it was an HP that we were using. It was an HP? Yeah.
4: I, I have a Mac. I have a MacBook Pro, but I use that for non-broadcast stuff. That's for, like, all my editing and everything. But now I have a ThinkPad just like I, I had the same computer as you now.
3: I've been using this thing. This war horse has been going <laughs> forever. I mean, everything that you've heard on this show is, you know, and all the interviews has come out of this old dog right here which at that some point I will have to take care of. So last night, so I get done doing the post-game show, 833 and I'm like, I'm going to go up to Cinnabar Hills where I play golf, get a couple holes in. Rain's coming down, right? It's sprinkling. I know in Oakland it was pouring.
4: It was. I was there yesterday.
3: So, like, I don't even know if we would have got a game in yesterday. So I I raced the rain to the course. And so I put on SiriusXM, MLB channel, and I'm listening to, I want to hear Yankees Blue Jays. I'm interested in it. Obviously, A's are going to be taking on the Blue Jays. So I wanted to hear how things were going. And immediately, it's uh, Susan Walden, and she's doing rain delay theater, and she can't. It's very obvious she doesn't like doing rain delay theater. She couldn't. She did, she pulled. She pulled a Ken Korak. If you don't know, um, and you'll ever notice this, if there's literally any moisture in the air, Ken Korak is ready to throw it back to the studio. I mean, if there's a drop, if there's like a couple drops, it's like, oh, hey, we're going to have to throw it back to the studio. Actually, you know, my phone's ringing. It's rain. Delay. Oh, my God, we're about to go into rain delay. We fix that with AceCast now. But for years, if there was a drop of rain, there was panic and my, my phone would be blowing up because certain broadcasters are not into rain delay theater. So Susan obviously wanted no part of this, throws it back to the studio. And a guy's talking like I know his voice, but I don't know who he is. And there is panic among Yankee fans, which makes me want to listen more to Yankee's broadcast. There's panic about Garrett Cole. Because ever since the whole Josh Donaldson calling out Garrett Cole and Garrett Cole having... It would at least... I mean, there's been so many press conferences in Major League Baseball history, but... It would have to go down as a top ten all time most awkward press conferences in the history of the game. That he was literally asked about do you use spider attack? And he would not answer it. And at one point just wouldn't talk. It's a press conference. You have a microphone in you, a microphone in front of you. He would not talk. He did not want to answer the question. Because everybody knew the answer. I mean, it's like that little kid who's caught and he's not going to say anything. Top ten all time? Awkward.
4: Oh, yeah. Uh, when he was asked about it, it was the, uh, um, uh, um, it was really awkward. But um, I went back and not to, that was no pun intended with the um there towards Gary Cole. I went back and looked at Gary number since they cracked down on the uh, sticky stuff. June twenty first of twenty twenty one, Garrett Cole started on June twenty second. It's from June twenty second till the end of the season. He won eight and five with a four one two ERA, one hundred twenty six strikeouts and twenty nine walks over that span. He's zero and zero this year with a five fifty nine ERA and nine strikeouts over nine and two thirds innings pitched.
3: Okay, wait, wait, wait. Since the Spider Tack, now these are all going to be Yankees numbers, right? Signs as a free agent. Leaves Houston. We were in San Diego for the winter meetings when that was announced. That was the the crackdown was 21 or 22. Oh, yeah, not 22. It, 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 it was 19, last year. 19 yeah. or I should say, is it 2019 or it was 2020?
4: It was 2021. They started it last year. June twenty first like, is when it they started enforcing. Wasn't the COVID it.
3: year? It was last year. Yeah, it was
4: when they started. They started enforcing it. And when I looked up the day, it was June twenty first. Have of last you year.
3: noticed the last couple of years? Because the COVID year was so sh- like everything's kind of just blended together. A little bit,
4: yes. I I catch myself saying that the dif- the different like years.
3: I have a I have the cardboard cut out of me over here, and it's kind of like when was that? Wait, that was twenty twenty. All right, so give me those numbers again.
4: It was since June twenty second of last year, a day after okay. they started eight and five. That's not bad. Four one two ERA. Eh, not bad. Hundred and twenty six Ks.
3: Not bad.
4: Twenty nine walks.
3: Not bad.
4: He's this year. No wins, no losses. A five fifty nine ERA. Nine strikeouts and nine and two thirds.
3: Now, with everything that you gave me, do you want to know what the problem is?
4: Um
3: As Billy Bean said in Moneyball, you're not even looking at the problem. What's the problem then? He's making $36 million yeah. a year.
4: Oh, that elephant in the room.
3: He's making 36 this year, next year, 24, 25, 26, 27, 28. 2028, Ace fans. I know we haven't paid anybody. I get it. You're going to be paying Garrett Cole in 2028 at 37 years old $36 million. I know it probably won't sound like a lot of money then. But he is not that guy. Think about that. And that's what they – and it, it would end up being Sweeney Murray, friend of, the, friend of the program, WFAN, that I was listening to. And Sweeney was like, no spider tack. This guy's getting paid to win it. I mean, in New York, you signed to be the highest-paid pitcher. They expect you to win not some of your games, not most of your games. They want you to win every game. So that's why I say he's 8-5 with a 4.12. Well, all right. If you're making $12 million, not at 36 He's making 36 This is going to go down again as a disaster contract. It's going to be a disaster. I don't even know. I mean, has any of these contracts? Because when you look at guys who made the average the high average of a year and had big years they didn't necessarily had long term deals like what what Arizona was paying Randy Johnson he was living up to the bill billing but he didn't have a 10 year deal bonds was making good money bonds would didn't have a long term contract maddox at one point I mean you go back to those guys they didn't have 10 years you know 8 10 year contracts so their average per year was high, but they didn't have long term deals. You're now paying Garrett Cole, who's now just thirty one. You're paying him until he's thirty seven. Have any? Can we name one of those deals that's worked out? No, not really. Um, Pool holes didn't. Trout, great as Trout is, he hasn't been healthy for two years. True. Right. Mookie Betts. He's only in year – this is year three of the deal? Mookie Betts, long-term deal, big deal. Helped him win a World Series. Great. That was a short COVID season. His numbers weren't great last year. He didn't play like a $300 million player last year. Francisco Lindor, terrible. $300 million? That's what you got for $300 million? Fernando Tatis Jr., $300-plus million? Guy hasn't been healthy and ain't playing now. Who knows when you're going to see him?
4: Machado. Machado's played well. But we got a long way to go on that deal. Harper, he's played well. Team hasn't, but he's played well. Long way to go. Uh, we who are we forgetting? I broke down these contracts. There's uh, oh There's John John Carlos Stanton. How's that working out? What 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 have you gotten out of John Carlos Stanton
3: for that kind of money? I mean, why are we so into like we got to pay this guy and we got to pay that guy? Why? Unless you're getting them at the right age. If you're getting the guy at the right age, then I say yes. You're paying for his prime years, I'm in. But so much of that you're not, and these contracts, for the most part, they don't work out. A lot of these contracts do not work out. And Garrett Cole is just going to be another one of those long lines. You're paying – you're paying – I can bring a guy up from AAA right now named John Doe. He's, we, brought him back. we brought John Doe back to life. I can get him to go 8-5 and five with a 4.12 ERA. Now, you're still bringing in John Doe Is still one of the best pitchers in the world. Remember, guys in AAA
4: are still one of the best pitchers in the world. Just us not look at their numbers in the Pacific Coast League.
3: We forget about <laughs> that. We forget that guys in AAA and guys in AA are still some of the best arms in the world. They throw 97-98-2. Hell, last year, Cody and I... We're down there for Stockton, San Jose Giants. San Jose Giants had all kinds of
4: arms. They still do. <laughs> I went there the other day. They still have arms.
3: Yeah, they had one kid came out. Of, one, kid, one kid came out of the Giants bullpen, the San Jose Giants bullpen. He was pumping ninety-eight. That's why I always laugh when broadcasters who have never played squat, but all of a sudden because they've been calling games, they think they know. They'd be like, "Well, you know, there's such a huge difference between a ball and big." And they get. They got guys in A-ball who are better defenders than guys in the big leagues. They got guys in A-ball who throw harder than guys in the big leagues. Don't kid yourself. Now, big league baseball obviously is the highest level. But if you don't think there's talent down there that has major league style talent. So, when Vladimir Guerrero Jr. was hitting in the minor leagues, you don't think he was a big league talent, right? King Griffey Jr. at 18 years old, hitting in the minor leagues – was better in the minor leagues at 18 years old, was better than probably 80% of the guys in the big leagues? Or A-Rod? Don't kid yourself. Yeah, the big league's highest level there, but don't kid yourself. There's talent down there. And there's overrated. Garrett Cole, do we have to go over his career? And now without the spider tack, he clearly is not the same guy. Don't you
4: dare slander Pirates legend Garrett Cole. You can slander Yankees and Astros all you want. But actually, he, he was actually pretty good in Houston. Well, then again, we don't know what we don't know what Spire he was doing. Attack. Yeah, we don't know what he's doing in uh in Houston. And and, now, and, and
3: and and who was calling him out during that time?
4: Uh, that be Trevor Bauer was calling him out for it, and that uh, my former college teammate. So he would know. I mean, who would know better than him? Trevor Bauer. Trevor
3: Bauer is like the um, the modern day Jose Canseco. Now, I don't want to say everybody hated Jose because I think a lot of a lot of people who played with him no one had a problem with Jose, right? I remember I mean, speaking of uh, birds of a feather, bonds and Jose were cool. Like, I think I think I think the I think I think I think uh, Jose helped Barry a little bit. But Trevor Bauer is kind of a pariah. Let's be honest. But kind of like Jose, Bauer was telling the truth. I mean, Bauer was telling you, hey, things are going on in Houston. Why are these guys – we can look at the numbers. Why are guys' numbers changing when they get to Houston? Well, was – didn't it come out that Houston had – who who was that? might have been the – actually, now that I think about it, might have been the Angels. Somebody at a clubhouse guy – who had the secret, who came up with some type of let's just call it rosin, sunscreen, and he had something that he was giving the players and the players loved. It was a, it was the Angels. And that guy and, and the reason why that got that guy would do that is because he's getting tipped out. He didn't give a crap about the Angels in the other clubhouse. He's getting tipped out by the by the other team's players. But yeah, Trevor Bauer basically insinuated that Houston is using something to make their make their pitches better. And it's not skill. It's not, oh, Brent Strom as a pitching coach sees, you know, he's using utilizing grips and it's arm slots or no. Trevor Bauer said it. They've got something going on. And clearly they had something going on for the hitters. So if they were cheating like hell is with hitters, why would they not be cheating like hell with their pitchers? Shocker. Does that shock anybody? Doesn't shock me. Nope. Doesn't shock at all. But I don't hate on that. I'm going to be 100% honest with you. 100, as they like to say, as the kids call it. I'm going to be one 100 with you.
4: So what they say, oh, I need the emoji for you to believe that's true. The 100 emoji. The one, the,
3: I'm going to be one-hundy. Here's what bothers me. Can you name me another sport? Once again, how baseball is archaic, unfortunately. Whenever I bring up this try, this stuff, I'm trying to help. I'm trying to, I'm trying to make baseball modern. I'm trying to help the game. I love this game. This game is my life, a big part of my life. I want to help this game. Are there in other team sports? Because you can't. Right, we could talk – it's hard to do with tennis and golf because it's an individual sport. But let's just stick with the team sports. Is there anything in the NFL, the NBA, or hockey that offensive players can use but defensive
4: players can't? In hockey? It's a good question, but I don't think so. I mean, are there sticks really different? Probably not. Their pads all look the same. Their helmets all look the same.
3: Now, your stick could be longer as a defenseman. Yeah, yeah. but no. Does your stick? Is it different?
4: Most likely not.
3: Is it made out of a different substance? Probably not. Is the tape that you're using on your stick in hockey different than the offensive guys?
4: I would say probably
3: not. Okay, I worked for years in the NFL, been in a lot of NFL locker rooms. Last time I checked, it is standard. The gear for all players.
4: Did you know that? No, cuz I thought you're talking about gear like everything? Gear. Helmets, shoulder pads.
3: Shoulder pads may be different size, offensive linemen yeah. going to be different from a quarterback, but everybody's gear is it's the gear you want to wear. If you're a quarterback, you can wear offensive lineman pads if you wanted. There's no rule against that. The pads that you wear that you put inside your pants, the uh the rib protectors, all the stuff, the stuff that you got for your hands, everything is approved by the National Football League. It's all the same. This gets to my point. If you look at the NFL and everybody on the everybody on both sides of the ball, they're all using the same gear. Why is it and Chris Rose, I'll never forget this. Totally disagreed with me, and I went, I usually really agree with Chris Rose, but I went, I don't think he's really thinking about this. We in baseball tell offensive players that they can use stuff, and then we'd sell pitchers the exact same substances that players are using on offense that you can't use on defense. Because a pitcher is defense.
4: Yes, Yes. Pitcher is defense, I, I, right? Yes, one hundred percent. So he's not uh, he's not swinging the bat up there. So I can use P- pine tar as an offensive player,
3: but I can't use pine tar as a defensive player.
4: Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't like that. That I'm with you more and more every time you bring it up about how hitters get to have all these advantages with batting like, gloves. Like, and, like
3: what 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 advantage does the offense get from a standpoint of on, in the NFL, or football, what does the offense get that the defense doesn't get? Do you get special pads on offense? Do you get special – they've outlawed the 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 Fred Bolitnikoff and the stick-em. stick, em, stick, em, stick em. But All these
4: gloves, though, look like stick-em.
3: <laughs> but I can tell you right now, in an NFL locker room, there's bins. And everybody can pick out of the same gloves. Everybody can pick all the same stuff. The spray that the NFL guys, defensive backs, can put the same spray as the offense wide receivers. Mm -hmm. That's my point. You're telling me I can wear batting gloves, I can have stick them on my bat, I can have tape on my bat, I can have a spray on my bat, I can carve the handle on my bat. I can do all these different things, but I can't put anything on the baseball as a pitcher. Eno Sarris honestly tried to say this is worse than the steroid era. His article, remember that? Yeah. This worse than the steroid era. How's th- so? You're telling one group of players that they can do one thing, and then when the pitchers want to do the exact same thing that the pitcher that the hitters are doing, you're telling that that's illegal and you can't do that, and we're going to suspend you for doing it. I can't put pine tar on the ball, but you can put it on your bat. The only thing fair would be nobody gets anything. Nobody gets anything. We don't rub up the baseballs, you can't have batting gloves, you can't have pine tar, you can't have anything. Bats got to be clean, baseball has to be clean. That is the only way. You either got to let it all or none. I
4: agree. And that, I, in
3: my opinion. In my opinion.
4: I, I don't like this the cuz you asked me yesterday, you know what's, you know what are you more worried about, pitching or hitting right now? It's so the pitching. Look how bad the 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 pitchers have become like some of these guys don't you, don't have the sticky stuff.
3: Okay, first of all, I did not ask. That was that was a question that was asked by the Yankees oh. for the rain delay theater. It was not for you oh, to well, answer. Well, he
4: sent it to me, so I figured I'd answer anyway. I'm more worried about pitching than hitting right now. Sports talk guy.
3: No, that was what they were talking about. They're like Yankees. Are you more worried about the pitching or the hitting? It's rain delay. You needed phone. The WFAN needed phone
4: calls. I don't. I wish I knew the number. Eight eight eight. Whatever WFN's calling. Hey minders. yo, yeah, hey, hey, it's Tommy
3: from the Bronx. Yeah, my, my problem is that spite attack, huh? And hey, where's Gita? Well, bring Gita back. That's my bad New York Yankees uh, accent. Or, but, just, or just New York overall. But that 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 fries me. Like you can't use any substance, and you're worried about the integrity of the game. Oh, by the way, you wanna you want the old integrity of the game has really been challenged. Oh, we're also worried about the integrity of the game, but yet we keep throwing position players
4: out there to pitch. Yeah, please stop. We have all these. How many guys are in the bullpen right now? And yet we have to throw a guy out there to pitch. At, that's Brett Phillips is a cool story. It's cool when he did it, but not when right now. When the, the there's how many guys in the bullpen with the expanded rosters? I don't know what
3: this answer is. How many teams have already used a position player as a pitcher?
4: I'm pretty sure Bob Melvin used one the other day against the oh, Yeah,
3: San Diego's used one.
4: So that's two already.
3: Um. Uh, I've, there's been multiple teams i'd have to there's i think
4: there's an easily searchable thing on baseball reference you can see how many position players have hits already
3: but we're worried about the integrity of the game
4: why do we add these roster spots we add, we added them for pitchers not to bring position way, players in
3: you can't steal a base in the second inning because of the score unwritten rules but ah games out ah, put a put a position player out there to pitch it's amazing when people want to fight for the integrity, when they want to fight for the integrity of the game. It's cra- Do you know what? It's crazy. It's crazy. And we're calling all that crap out here on A's Cast live. We're going to worry about the We're going to worry about when a guy bunts or steals a base. And that's when we're going to stick up for the game cuz that's how Willie Mays and Mickey Mantle played. it. By the way, I don't think they really used position players as pitchers back then.
4: Yeah, well, Babe Ruth doesn't count, but uh, yeah, they didn't. I mean, plus pitchers went nine innings. They didn't. Isn't, go- that,
3: isn't that amazing when we want to talk about integrity? When we want to use integrity and when we don't? I'll give you integrity, and he's been a perfect fit so far, right? Mark Kotze. It's been a lot of fun to watch. He said they were going to play hard, he said this team was going to compete. He said this team was going to be entertaining, and they've been everything that he told us down in Arizona. This is our first. We'll have him every Friday. Why? Because he wants to do every Friday. Every Friday, Mark Kotze will join us here on A's Cast Live. The first official one. The last one we did was the first official, but that was at spring training. The first official Mark Kotze show right here on A's Cast Live. Time now for the Mark Katze Show here on A's Cast Live and A's Cast brought to you by nestbedding.com. That's nestbedding.com. Love where you sleep for all your bedding needs, whether it's your mattress, whether it's pillows, whether it's sheets. You go to nestbedding.com or any of their locations in the Bay Area and use the coupon code Oakland to get 10% off your order. Well, Mark, it's a hell of a start so far for your ball club. How, how's this first week been for you?
5: No, oh, it's been hectic, uh, but, you know, I'm really, really uh, pleased with the way this ball club is, uh, has played these last seven games. Uh, anytime you start out on the road, it, it can be a difficult uh, environment. Uh, Philly was was that. Um, you know, our guys got their feet wet there for, for three games with uh, a lot of electricity. Um, You know, obviously opening day was sold out um, and, and to get, you know, get a W out of, uh, out of Philly on, uh, on Sunday, it really set the tone for our next series leading into Tampa. So.
3: You know, there is something about being on the road with your teammates, especially to start the year where you're, you're on planes, buses in the hotel, you spend more time together. It helps develop that chemistry. Now that we've, seen a couple series in here in toronto do you think it's been a good thing that you've started on the road to help this new team bond I, I
5: think yeah you you nailed it there um being on the road we do spend a lot more time together um you know these road clubhouses um there's there's uh an intimacy about it that uh, the group is just really um you know, kind of starting to find their identity um you know we had obviously uh <clears throat> some time in tampa we spent four days there, and uh, you know we didn't hit uh, two of those four days. And the guys, I could tell, we're leaving the hotel in groups. So going to lunch, going to breakfast, uh, doing some things together, which which really uh, is great for that team bonding, that team chemistry, like you're talking about.
3: You know, speaking of T- Tampa, we'll get into the series. But what a great moment with <laughs> you and that young boy, and you handed him the ball with the fist pump and. Uh, you know, you make a baseball fan for life. How cool was, was that interaction with that boy giving him the ball?
5: Yeah, it was great. Yeah. I looked up and, and here's this, you know, probably three-year-old three to four-year-old boy, um, you know, running down the stairs and he just, he caught my eye and we kind of looked at each other and, and I, you know, just naturally, like, you, you know, you want a baseball and he just shook his head. like yeah. And, uh, so those are the times, those are the special times, right, Tony, when you can you can really impact, um, you know, a young man's perception of the game and, and love for the game. And, and as we talked about, for me, it's the greatest game in the world. So uh, making fans at that age is is, uh, is what it's about. It's memories, creating memories. And, you know, yesterday there was a, an older boy that was sitting there in the front row right next to the dugout. And, you know, with his parents, he had a green shirt that had a yellow band across the front of it and I just said hey are you an ace fan And he said yeah this is my only shirt it's green and yellow so I had Matt Wise our clubhouse guy run up and get him a an Oakland ace you know t-shirt and and threw it to him and it was great you know so that's kind of what what it's about right now it's about you know getting us fan base behind us um you know we're an exciting team we're young um we've got a lot of fight to us so Uh, From that standpoint, you know, I'm excited about our our direction right now.
3: Well, I know the fan base right now is excited about the product because my phone's been blowing up for tickets now for opening day. Now everybody wants to get on board. And you said to us in the dugout, spring training, the first official Mark Cotze show, you said, this team is going to have the same DNA as all these other A's teams. They're going to play hard for 27 outs. What have you seen so far from your ball club? Yeah,
5: I've seen that, um, you know, we fell behind, uh, in Philly, uh, opening day, we fought back, um, you know, uh, in Tampa, uh, falling behind and fighting back and having a, having a lead and a chance to win a, a game where, uh, our relievers had to, to pitch, you know, over eight innings, um, says something about that bullpen down there and their, their fight says something about our lineup and, uh, and our position guys. And, uh, you know, that's the identity we wanted to establish coming out of spring training. We knew what we were up against on this road trip, and, uh, and we're grinding right now.
3: What has this first, lot, first week been like for you personally as now a manager in Major League Baseball? Because there's only 30 of these jobs in the world.
5: You try to slow it down as much as you can. Um, there's, you know, daily anxiety um, in terms of just the decision-making processes. Uh, It's been great to have my staff, uh, who I have built in relationships with. It's great to have Brad Ausmus next to me, um, you know, with his experience and and thoughts throughout the game. So uh, for me, you know, the focus is it has has to be on the players. And uh, and that's my priority, Um, you know, and I think this first week uh, couldn't have gone. Uh, any better in, in in terms of that and uh, and you know as as we get into this further I think some of that stress will will uh, will you know subside but for right now there's there's still a lot of uh, a lot of energy behind the uh, behind the stress which which is good
3: you know what it's like to be a hot shot young center fielder you got one now in Pache and obviously this kid is electric we saw it yesterday down at the drop with the old school Little League home run. You know, when you talk to him and try and help him, what, what what's the communication like between you two and just, just what have you seen so far from this kid?
5: Well, yeah, we touched him in spring training, and I wanted his focus to be just to have as much fun to be himself, uh, to play with a, an energy uh, and electricity that, that you've seen in these last seven days when he's on the field um you know he's going to make mistakes he's a young player and and that's why we have to coach we have to continually uh you know send the right messages uh coach him in, in through those mistakes and and watch him grow as a, as a baseball player and, and that's kind of the message uh there's a lot of growth that's going to take place a lot of maturity um but you don't want to step in the way of that and uh or step in the way of his personality and allowing him to be himself, and I think we've seen that over these last seven days. So,
3: how much have you you enjoyed with your lineup having flexibility with a bunch of players that you can hit different parts of the lineup, and you can play them all over the diamond?
5: Yeah, it's great. You know, I I speak a lot about that versatility. I speak about you know the uh, inclusiveness that that I feel I want to have uh, and and try to create in this environment that. Uh, you know, all 13, 15 guys uh, in the bullpen or on the pitching side and all 13 guys on the position side, um, you know, we're going to use everybody. And I think we have in these first seven days, um, you know, we're we're giving guys days off. We're, you know, pinch hitting for guys when when the right time is to give that guy the best opportunity for his success. Um, you know, but again, as you said, it's, it's nice to have uh, some versatility. Uh, going into a game where where you can make moves and uh, and still have uh, a solid defense and a solid lineup.
3: Well, and I think about your pitching, you you've gotten innings from your starters most of the time. Your bullpen has done a very good job. How hot, how happy are you with your pitching staff?
5: Yeah, I'm really happy. I think uh, you know they've they've done their jobs. Uh, they've given us chances to win games. Uh, you know they go out and take that mound. You can see that competitiveness in them. Um, you know, and, and that's all you can ask for really, right? Tony? you ask for those guys to go out, follow a game plan. Uh, it's not always going to work. Um, but we've had success for these first seven days. There's a lot of preparation and involved in this, uh, by my staff and and by the players. Uh, and, and, you know, the, again, the message is Tony, that, that winning is a priority and, uh, and, and it's about the day. And that's kind of our focus. We prepare, prepare for the day. Uh, if it doesn't work out work out we move on and and uh, come back ready to to compete and and win the day the next the next day so um you know I've been real happy again with with that part of our preparation and uh, and it seems to be you know leading into the field results
3: huge you get three of four in Tampa now you go to Toronto they're no day at the beach they've got a ton of firepower and uh Vladimir Guerrero jr off to a great start what are you seeing with the blue jays
5: yeah, you, you said it. They got a ton of power in their lineup. They got some great hitters uh, up and down. Uh, you know, this lineup uh, is predominantly right-handed, but um, they can mix and match with, with their bench. Uh, Bradley Zimmer, an outfielder, left-handed outfielder. Uh, Bezio is still here as a you know, left-handed infield, outfield option. So, um, yeah, it's really, you know, controlling the damage to this lineup and, uh, and you know, keeping ourselves in a game. Um, you know, for, for our offense.
3: And then of course, today is Jackie Robinson day. It's the 75th anniversary of him breaking the color barrier. What's this day like for everybody in the game?
5: Uh, I sent a tweet just a few minutes ago, walking into my office and looking at my locker with this Jackie Robinson Jersey, hanging up pretty powerful. Um, You know, it's very, very humbling. Uh, I'm very honored to, to be wearing this jersey uh, today. I, I wore it as a player, now wearing it as a manager. Uh, a lot of emotion about you know, putting it on and, and representing uh, what, what he accomplished and what he brought to baseball. Uh, you know, breaking the barrier and, and having the strength to, to really stand up and, and, and lead the way for, um, you know, for all of baseball.
3: Let's end on this. As I told you, I got a bunch of people calling me and texting me about tickets for opening day. I'm getting a ton of calls right now on the postgame show. People really appreciate the effort of this ball club right now. And it's very early and they're falling in love with, they're falling in love with this team. So just tell me, home opener Monday on Baltimore, when you get announced as A's manager and you walk out to the line and the bunting's up and it's opening day, what do you think that feeling's going to be like?
5: Well, you gave me goosebumps right now, so I'm imagining there's going to be goosebumps uh, uh, Monday night. And, uh, you know, we're looking forward to getting off this road trip. We're going to do our best here in Toronto. Uh, again, you said it right. These guys can, can really uh, do damage. Uh, they're a good baseball team. Um, and, uh, you know, our, our goal is, as you said, Continue this effort level. Continue this energy. Continue the excitement, and uh, and you know when we get home, we're looking forward to uh, to a warm welcome uh, by by uh, an unbelievable fan base in, in 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 our group with Oakland.
3: Great start so far. We appreciate the time. We'll talk to you next Friday.
5: Thanks, Tony. Appreciate it, buddy.
3: I think that's got to be especially one of those days. There's certain days on the year. Where I think about, you know, the Mother's Day, Father's Day, Fourth of July, you know, where we have different uniforms that when you walk in as a player, manager, coaching staff, when you get to see that different uniform, today's a special day. And to put on that number 42, I wonder what they do with them. Cause that's something. If I was a player, I'd want to keep that. And I know a lot of times sign it and for a charity for us, the A's Community Fund. But as a player, wouldn't you want yours? Or, I mean, at some point, I if I was to play for a certain team for a long time, I would want at least one of them. Yeah, no, I for my office, my house, whatever.
4: I agree, one hundred percent. I think you you want to keep it. It's it's a great, you know, to tell your grandchildren and children and. I know great-grandchildren if you live long enough to be able to do that. that you you know, you were a manager or player on Jackie Robinson Day and to honor the first player to break the color barrier in Major League Baseball. I think that's a cool thing. Like I said, I'm wearing the hat with the the patch on the side. I kind of showed it during the Kotze interview uh, to the camera. But um, it's a really cool day, and, and it's I'm glad we were able to do it and the season was able to play on time, so we were able to honor Jackie today. So, again, if you want to learn more about the history of Jackie Robinson, I mean, just read up on it or watch – the movie 42 with the late Chadwick Boseman and Harrison Ford. and
3: I think I do more than that. Well, Is yeah, it,
4: I mean, re- reading just, and stuff for sure, but if you want to watch just, a movie.
3: That just tells you – oh, there's documentaries. That just does – that's a – I'm not going to call it fluff. I almost did. It's just a movie <laughs> that's a lot of baseball. You need to really understand how Jackie Robinson helped change the world. Just not the – just not baseball. He's far bigger than that. He helped change society. He helped change the world. He helped change this country. Once again, Jackie Robinson integrating into baseball happened before our own military did. He helped change our military. He helped change schools. He helped change so many things. As Martin Luther King, King Jr. said, I couldn't have done what I did without him. So, it's far bigger than watching. Not, not. I mean, watch the movie. Entertaining as hell. But Jagger Robbins is far bigger than the movie 42.
4: Oh, 100. Yeah, I agree. Um for what he's done with everything. Like I went back. I was reading some some uh interesting stuff about him yesterday. Did you know like baseball was like his seventh best sport at UCLA? Like he was apparently a good golfer, swimmer, I, mean, I already knew about football but football, basketball. Yeah, like he was incredible tennis. Like I never knew like all this stuff like baseball. He hit like point ninety. he hit like .97 in college at UCLA. At one point. Like that's but,
3: but what comes to the ballpark every day?
4: Skill. Speed. Speed too, yeah.
3: Speed comes to the ballpark every day. All right, let's get to uh buying or selling.
4: It's time for buying or selling.
1: Sell, so sell right
4: now with Chris Townsend on Ace Cast Live. All right, so we, we discussed this a little bit earlier. When we're talking about the great the greatness that is um, vladimir guerrero jr who finished second in the american league mvp voting last year to shohei otani if it wasn't for otani he's the mvp probably unanimously uh, for what he put up last year but we're gonna see vladdy play this weekend in toronto versus the a's he had a big game wednesday night clubbing three home runs two of them against garrett cole and a double first player to ever have three extra base hits versus the yankees highest paid pitcher and. Uh, not the same since spider attack crackdowns happened, but uh,
3: oh, ho, ho.
4: Colt tipped his cap to him because of what he was able to do. Then Vlad last night won over for the, the Golden Sombrero, I'm pretty sure. So he struck out four times. But Vlad has four home runs on the season already. He hit 48 last year. His dad, Vladimir Guerrero, his season high, 44. Because that also finished with 449 career home runs, and he's a Hall of Famer. We haven't seen a player hit 60 home runs since 2001. Buying or selling Vladimir Guerrero Jr. will lead baseball in home runs in 2022. I'll buy it. I think that... It's a pretty safe bet. Do you think he'll hit... Do you think he can get to 60?
3: Well, the key is where he plays. It's an offensive ballpark, the Rogers Center, formerly known as the Sky Dome. It's what I said when Josh Donaldson got traded to uh, Toronto. How'd that trade work out?
4: Uh... Well, Kendall Graveman's still in the league, just playing for the White Sox. Franklin
3: is going to be a star.
4: He's with the uh, Astros now, I
3: He's think. He's going to be a star.
4: Where's uh, Sean Nolan at?
3: Brett Lowry, Brett Lowry. Not Jed Lowry, Brett Lowry. That's like Low and Low. By the way, is there any player other in the history of baseball that's L-O-W-E and pronounced Low? When I go to the store... I go to Lowe's home and improvement or whatever. It's Lowe's. Yeah. Not Lows, it's Lowe's.
4: The, the, so one they po- are they've
3: had multiple Lowe's on the Rays, but they have a Lau. Has any other player spelled his last name in baseball history L O W E and it was pronounced Lowe?
4: Uh, I don't think so. At one point, I think in their system they had three they had three guys with the last name well it looks like Lowe, but it was Low. They had Nate Lowe, who plays for the Rangers. Brandon Lau and Josh Lowe, who is now playing left field for them.
3: When I built this studio and I had to go and get some of the product for this studio, I went to Lowe's. Not Lowe's. I didn't go to Lowe's. (laughs) Off 880, I went to Lowe's.
4: Oh, over off of Brokaw.
3: Yes, you know it's. Yeah, you're
4: right by me. The Lowe's there.
3: Funny, and when I was there to like get all of it and pay for it, you weren't there. Oh yeah.
4: I, I guess my invite got lost.
3: Oh, you didn't you didn't make you didn't make that meeting. Huh? I think I
4: think my phone was on do not disturb mode. Yeah, you didn't make
3: that <laughs> meeting.
4: So the other day we saw Clay Kershaw take a perfect game going into uh into the seventh inning where he was pulled from his start after seven solid innings striking off thirteen. He also had eighty pitches. He said after the game was the right call and to blame the lockout. Well on Thursday, at the end of the day, here's what he said. But at the end of the day in that moment, it felt like the right decision. Carson said, I can't go back now. Now, there was another time this happened with the Dodgers. Rich Hill had a perfect game going on September tenth, 2016. Dave Roberts was the guy who also removed Rich Hill from the game Listen. as well. He said he was protecting him from ongoing blister issues, but later said he felt sick to his stomach. Now, this is a little funny earlier. Anthony Cashman had a good joke talking about how Trey Turner has a 25-game hitting streak going dating back to last year. And if it's a count or not, and then he put the options yes or no, it doesn't matter. Dave Roberts will bench him.
3: <laughs> <laughs> uh, so active longest hitting streaks right now, it's Trey Turner at 25.
4: Yeah, 25. So he's what? He's 31 away from tying on base
3: streak for Trey Turner's 25.
4: It's pretty impressive.
3: I mean, it's it's. There's no scientific, medical evidence that says if you take Clayton Kershaw out after seven, at only 80 pitches, and he pitches another inning, that that's going to affect him in October.
4: By the way, the question is, he made buyer selling. Dave Roberts made the right decision. No, clearly, it's, yeah.
3: it's it's clearly selling. Okay. It, it's it's. I figured. It's ridiculous. That I'll never forget it talking to a doc, an orthopedic surgeon, back in the day when I was covering the Warriors, when everybody was talking about time management, right? Everybody was worried about, well, uh, he's been on the floor for 18 minutes and, you know, you got to rest him. It's like, is there anything that you can prove in the human body that if Steph plays 21 minutes instead of 18 minutes, in january this whole load management crap (laughs) that that will help him three months from now in the playoffs the answer is no no there's no evidence there's no evidence it's worse than the whole mass thing that we're still parading around on airlines and everything and what what is the scientific evidence show me and no one has that there's no evidence there's no dodger doctor forget Dave Roberts. Pitching coaches, pitching gurus, there's no evidence that says Clayton Kershaw is protected by not pitching one more inning or two more innings actually going for the perfect game. And let me tell you, baseball speak, Vince Catronio did it with me when I did it and I just got through it. And I'm like, where's the evidence? Where is your evidence? Can you show me any medical based info? That says Clayton Kershaw from eighty to hundred, right? He's not even at hundred pitches; he's at eighty. That those next twenty pitches will affect him next start a month from now, two months, three months, October. Zero scientific medical evidence to back that up.
4: Yeah, I don't, I don't think that uh, pulling him was the right decision. I don't. I hate load management in the NBA. Uh, we can go on. I can go on for an hour. Give but me why? some.
3: Give me some. Give me some evidence. I would be all for it if you gave me evidence, but you give me nothing. Oh, it's been a you, – you're telling me Clayton Kershaw didn't work out the whole time during the lockout? What was he, playing miniature golf the whole time?
4: Yeah, it was Well, who knows what he was doing, to be honest. It's ridiculous. So, that's like I got for and,
3: and, and by the way, even if there wasn't – because we've had guys – remember when Sonny Gray had a no-no going?
4: Yeah, opening day.
3: And Bob Melvin was sweating that. There's no lockout. It doesn't matter how long spring training is. They're going to find a way to pull guys. Yeah, exactly. Oh, start of the year, you know. Yeah, yeah. Thank God we saved Sonny Gray because he's going to be a career A. Do I need to start on that again?
4: Uh, No, save it for next time.
3: Oh, yeah. Sonny Gray, Let's. hey, we got to save Sonny. He's a young pitcher. We got to save him. Yeah, I'm glad we saved him for everybody else.
4: Saving people. You mean twins legend Sonny Gray?
3: Yeah, well, who are you <laughs> saving them for? Uh, Yeah. Did you that's always so funny. It's like you realize guys like Tom Brady and Peyton Manning will take every snap of every game of the entire year.
4: Yeah, they do.
3: What what were they saving? Indianapolis blew out people all the time back in the day. Did they take Peyton Manning out? No, because Peyton Manning wasn't coming out. What what do you want to be safe for? you want to play the entire game? Is that it? That's it, yeah. Oh, we got to thank Dan Shulman, one of the top play-by-play men in all of Major League Baseball from the Toronto Blue Jays and ESPN, and our first Mark Kotze show of the 2020 regular season. He will join us every single Friday. We were on Twitter. Soft launch. We were on Twitter. Had to go.
4: A lot of positive feedback. We liked it. Our boss liked it. Uh, Fans were chiming and texting and tweeting at us. So uh, Uh,
3: where else are you going to go and get where else are you going to be able to visually see anybody talk about the A's today?
4: Uh, Nowhere, unless MLB Network does five minutes on it. A
3: little bit later here. NBC. Oh, yeah. California. But Brody and. But that's a that's a pregame can show. They do the same thing every day. I mean, this is free flowing. Talking about your team. Talking about baseball. Where are you going to where are you going to get a show in the Bay Area that
4: talks baseball? Uh, here on A's Cast?
3: Yeah, here. This is it. And we're going to provide the best service we possibly can for you A's fans and you baseball fans. All right, I'll be coming up here in about what, about 12 minutes?
4: Uh, no, like 9, 307.
3: To 307? 307. Yeah. 307 A's total access. Thank you, everybody, for listening to A's Cast Live. We'll be back on Monday.
5: This has been a presentation of the Oakland
4: Athletics.